Happy New Year! Today, I share my observations about the British TV show Portrait Artist of the Year and why I think it's fun to think about likeness and portraiture and how artists set about getting to the true self of a person in paint. It's just so soothing to watch people try it on camera in four hours during a television reality competition. It's kind of a crazy ride. If you've ever watched it, or if not, and you just want to hear about this crazy show, stick around. Be right back. You are listening to Pep Talks for Artists, a podcast offering small words of encouragement to all those shuffling along the artist's road. I'm your host, Amy Toledo. So, you know how there's all these creativity reality shows, especially from the UK? I'm a bit addicted to all of them. You've got your great pottery throwdown, where the judge, a great big hulking potter in overalls with a Wallace and Gromit face, actually bursts into tears when he sees a beautifully made ceramic. But also there's blown away about glass blowing, with lots of macho people blowing glass sweatily. And there's landscape artist of the year. And finally, my favorite, portrait artist of the year. For a while, it was hard to watch the show because it wasn't officially available in the U.S. I was able to sneakily watch it through the help of this Reddit Robin Hood named Churzo, who would snatch the episodes and upload them to a Google Drive. To hundreds of grateful cheers, pour one out for a true altruist. But as all things end, he got busted eventually. And then we all got unhappily plunged into a no British TV darkness. Until it finally got released on Amazon. So let me tell you about the show if you don't know it yet. The show has nine artists and they come on to paint three sitters from life and they get an easel and four hours to do it in. There are two sweet-natured, amiable hosts. One is Joan Bakewell, former journalist, baroness, and dame, who famously cheated on her playwright husband back in the day, who then wrote a play called Betrayal to roast her. She then retaliated with her own play titled Keeping in Touch. Good one, Joan. And anyway, there's also a man alongside Joan, usually Stephen Mangan or Frank Skinner. And they're both full of gentle charm and Show off Joan to full advantage. Also on the show are three judges, Ty Schoenberg, a portrait painter himself, and two curators, Kathleen Soriano and Kate Bryan, who enjoys a revolving wardrobe of bombshell dresses. I mean, it is TV after all. The nine artists are assigned in groups of three to one of three sitters, usually celebrities from British TV, theater, or sports, for which we non-Brits usually have no idea even existed. The actors are all very actory and confess to camera that they are excited to see what the artists will capture about them, their favorite subject. 
ha ha ha. But in all seriousness, I guess they spend their time in life pretending to be characters, so they sort of long to see if the artist can reveal their true inner selves, like a truth-finding magician. The artists are allowed to use iPads, and they take photos and make grids to make their portraits because it's a short amount of time, four hours. Especially when the hosts keep bugging you for sound bites and the public is chattering and milling about behind you. The hosts definitely don't approve of the iPads, especially Joan. And you can tell they view technology as the cheating cheater's way. And they continue to rail against the dying of the light. God bless. Some artists have trained in Florence and create a murky stew out of which emerges a sfumatoed masterpiece without fail. Others apply chunks of colored paint to every tiny plane of the face, creating a faceted paint lover's painting of an almost crystallized head. Some come roaring in with their TV-friendly gimmicks. I'm burning the image into a chunk of wood. But now I'm hammering out a likeness from a distressed sheet of scrap metal. Or I'm the paint splatter person. Or behold my half-carved woodcut. It turns out, too, that four hours is too short. And only doable with the iPad. Old-school artists just holding up a pencil and eyeballing it inevitably fail to produce anything noteworthy. The judges stroll through each with their resting bitch face, so as not to give their true opinions away. And fret to each other about the danger of things getting overworked. A fate worse than death on Portrait Artist of the Year. Tai Shan Schierenberg, himself a juicy paint, palette knife style portrait painter, always finds someone who has achieved, quote, a good head which I take to mean a solid, believably 3D presence with heft and maybe a likeness. The sitters come to their chairs worried about fidgeting or the more famous ones profess to looking forward to just doing nothing or running lines for their next big project. Some come humbly dressed in a t-shirt. Some come dressed in an armor of sorts, encased in a goth carapace, or maybe in flowing fabrics overly sexy with bedroom hair and bare feet. It's fun, too, because most of the time the British celebrities are unknown to us, so we see a normal middle-aged person shuffle out to gasps and raised eyebrows from the crowd. Once, an actor from Doctor Who came on, one of the Whos himself, David Tennant. And I had just finished binging every season. I was fascinated by this actor in particular because his irises sat dead center in his eyeball and they weren't cropped by his upper eyelids. His were perfect dark hazel circles vibrating in a sea of white. But back to the show. The artists are painting away from their iPads receiving resting bitch face from the judges, and finally, when the brushes down command bellows forth from Joan, they all simultaneously turn their easels on wheels around so that the celebrity sitter can see. The posers are allowed to 
take one home. And then commences the dramatic scene where the actor pretends to love all three paintings so much that they could never decide, but they must. And we all know there's only one half-decent one, an obvious choice. Still, surprises happen. But I think most of the time they pick the one they'd be least embarrassed to hang in their home. All of the melodrama aside, likeness is really the alchemy of the show. Like watching someone in real time block in each plane and shadow and then from that arrive at the undefinable substance of a living being. Some artists remain on the surface, but a few descend like the actors all hope they will, to that inner nougaty center. And I think, unglamorously, the secret to a good likeness is simply making sure you get the proportions right. At least that's what the how-to drawing books say. So I guess if that's the case, the grids and the photos are super helpful for measuring a nose to an eye and a cheek to a chin. But Taishan Schirnberg himself warns against pursuing likeness as a sole aim. He says, artists shouldn't pursue likeness to the exclusion of all else, because they risk forgetting to also create a living, breathing work of art. Like, sure, that painting might look exactly like the model, but is it memorable as a standalone work? In an article in the Financial Times, Scherenberg says, quote, Sometimes when the likeness is amazing, but there's no soul, no one ever talks about the piece again. You need an artist that can capture spirit, end quote. Artist Alice Neal, who mostly worked in portraiture, self-styled herself a, quote, soul collector. And her own psychology and feeling about her models, Harlem neighbors or artists and writers in her circle, fused to her subjects through her wiggly lines of paint, distilled into an essential paste of the person. Or recently, I was watching an Art as Form interview with artist Frederick Hayes, who works both in contemporary portraiture and in abstract sculpture and noted how he described his goals for his work. He hoped that the way he painted or drew his sitters would encourage viewers to, quote, look beyond the surface of that person and see a sort of humanity, end quote, versus preconceived notions about his models, mostly from the African-American community. He uses his abstract sculptures to offer another way, to know a person emotionally from the inside out. But anyway, if you've had a bad day, I recommend popping on Portrait and watching the likenesses of three who-knows-who British celebs emerge from the splodgy muck and splattery smears slathered on in four hours of cold panic terrified of being overworked and walking that breathless razor's edge of bringing a person to life in paint. 
It's very relaxing. I'm your host, Amy Toledo, and you've been listening to Pep Talks for Artists podcast. Please visit Peps on Instagram at Pep Talks for Artists to see images that go with all the episodes. You can also find me on Instagram too, at Talutes, that's T-A-L-L-U-T-S, or online at amytoludo.com. And look alive, the podcast now has a Patreon. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to patreon.com slash pep talks for artists to find out how you can support the podcast and get exclusive mini episodes and early access to scheduled shows. All links are in the show notes. Thank you so much to current patrons. And also a huge thank you to artists Natalie Bell, Susan Morell, and a kind anonymous donor for your buy me a coffee donations this month. So much appreciated. If you also would like to buy me a coffee, the link is in the show notes of this episode. Okay, that's it. I really appreciate you stopping by and I'll see you next time.